Hello, and welcome to the Beyond Borders podcast, the podcast that explores topics related to international trade. On today's episode, we will be discussing the basics of importing into Mexico. We're calling it a Customs 101 Mexico. This podcast is brought to you by Buckland. For over 70 years, Buckland has been working to help companies across the world experience global trade in a better way. As a customer-focused company, we provide you with a single source of unmatched customs brokerage, trade-managed solutions, freight forwarding, trade technologies, and warehousing and distribution services. I'm your host, Jenny Kaus, Marketing and Communications Specialist here at Buckland, and today I'm speaking with our guest, Karina Hetty. Karina is the Customer Experience Manager at Buckland and holds her Certified Custom Specialist designation in both Canada and the United States, as well as her IDESA in Mexico. Karina graduated from the University of Nueva Leon and has worked in international trade in Mexico and Canada. Karina has been the manager of our Canadian operations team and is now the customer experience manager and has been with Buckland for over two years. Great. So welcome to back to the podcast, Karina. It's great to have you again. Thank you, Jenny, for having me here today. Pleasure to be here. As I mentioned in the intro, Karina, today we will be discussing the basics of importing into Mexico. So to give an overview of what we're going to be talking about, uh, that would be, you know, some of the requirements to import into Mexico, how to make it best work for you, and as as well as a step-by-step guide of what you can expect and what's going to happen through that process. So speaking of which, let's start with what are some of the basic requirements if someone wants to import into Mexico? What do they need? Absolutely, Jenny. In order to import into Mexico, you need, among other things, a legal entity, first of all, or a shell entity in Mexico, a Mexican customs broker, to be registered in the official register of importers that is also known in Mexico as the Padrón de Importadores, the HS code for the commodity you're shipping, import documents such as an invoice, packing list, a bill of lading, uh, any restrictions or regulations for the tariffs that you're bringing in, certificate of origins, and any other identification numbers that may be useful for the commodities you're bringing in. For example, serial or part numbers, um, as well as the weight and the volume of your shipment and a certificate of origin if applicable. It's pretty similar to the requirements, you would say, like in Canada or the United States, or are they slightly different? Some of the requirements are similar in the sense that the information is the same, Okay. but Mexico has different regulation in, in requirements for each of the tariff codes to be imported. Okay, great. So how can someone make this work the best for them, make importing into Mexico work well for them? What, what would be some tips that you could give? Be familiar with the process. Importing into Mexico has a very different process than importing into Canada or the US. Some of the tips that I would suggest are to communicate with your broker to make sure they have everything they need in advance. So planning to ship and communicate with your broker at that time rather than while the shipment is en route. Uh, make sure the paperwork is clear and concise. Partner with trade partners who have Mexican lanes and Mexican brokers, like Buckland. Mm-hmm. And 
One of the things that is very different from Canada and the U.S. is that drayage is a necessary thing to cross the border. You mentioned drayage. Can you explain what that is? Because I know that was something that was a new term to me that I had never heard of. Drayage, it's the movement of goods over a short distance. And for importing into Mexico, it's moving the freight from a warehouse or a yard along the U.S. border to a warehouse or a yard along the Mexican border. Oh, okay. Great. Thank you. And I understand there's, you know, some security advantages to this as well. I saw this in action at our Laredo facility, the way that um, these shipments are handled and secured before being sent across the border with a different truck, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. So a trailer can't just cross with a truck. It has to switch to a different truck to pull the trailer. Unlike Canada and the U.S. on the northern border. Yeah, you just cross with the whole same setup. That's right. They have to drop off the freight. Somebody else picks it up, drop it on the other side of the border, and then somebody else finishes to the final destination. Okay, great. Thank you. So I think something that would be um, a, a good way for us to look at this is to go through it step by step of how this process of importing into Mexico happens. Um, so let's let's do that. Let's start with step one, which is the arrival of merchandise and documentation. Can you explain that? Sure. Basically, that is the goods arriving at the broker's terminal on the U.S. side of the border. Um, we will need at that time the commercial invoice and any other documents to arrive, whether with the shipment or ahead of time. We do encourage our clients to send documentation ahead of time as much as they can mm-hmm. to ensure that the broker has the opportunity to review them. Some of those documents are provided by the exporter or some of them can be provided by the importer. Okay. And then what's our second step? Well, the second step would be for the broker to verify that the importer stated on the commercial invoice is listed on the database of importers and sectors authorized to import through Laredo or any other port. Mm-hmm. Um, then the broker has to verify that the goods received are actually matching against the documentation that we got. This includes verifying the pallets, the boxes, the piece count, as well as the labeling, which is an important thing importing into Mexico. Okay. So, and how long does that take? Well, the time to complete the verification stage depends, among other things, on how quickly the importer supplies all of the requirement, all of the required information and declarations, and how quickly the importer can become registered as an importer in case that they weren't already. Okay. Um, it also depends on the complexity of the invoice, the amount of work that is required to verify all the goods in the shipment, and whether or not it's a first-time shipment. Great. So step three is classification and cost estimation. How about that one? Here, the broker has to determine or confirm the HS code that was given to them and apply to each of the goods that are to be inputted. With this number, the broker then can determine the duty and fee rates applicable and ensure that any restrictions or regulations or permits that are required are complied and provided. This also involves getting additional documentation from the exporter importers. What we find at times is once you review the HS codes, there are additional documentation or certificates that may be required. Okay. So how long does that process usually take? 
Well, it depends. The time required to classify the goods and determine the applicable cost could be based on the complexity of the shipment. Oh, It's not the same thing classifying a chair than it is to classify a motor or a vehicle. Okay, got it. Step four is the preparation of shipment. Can you tell us more about that? If the goods are not already loaded on a trailer or truck for inland Mexico transport and or crossing, the broker makes the necessary arrangements with the Mexican trucking firm selected by the client to spot a trailer or truck at the broker's U.S. warehouse and then loads the freight. The truck or trailer is then sealed with a custom security seal. Okay. And I think what a lot of people wonder is then, so this sort of a phase, how long would that take? Well, this really depends primarily on how long it takes the Mexican carrier to determine the required equipment on okay. which to load the freight. And because of this, clients sometimes suggest that the equipment be ordered in advance of the shipment's oh. arrival at the border. Okay. However, this can be risky and costly sometimes because the transportation companies can assess the tension or the merge charges if there's any delays. Step five is the next step, and that is the preparation of the entry. What is done to prepare the entry? So here's where the broker actually prepares the pedimento, which is how we call the entry. They transmit it electronically to the Mexican Customs House and wait for confirmation from them to run several validation tests on the pedimento and ensure that classification has been prepared correctly. Once they receive the confirmation, the broker prints eight copies of the pedimento. They attach any invoices, certificates, or permits, and take it to an authorized bank for the payment of duties, or they have the option to make the payment electronically as well. Uh, but this packet of the pedimento and any other backup documentation is what we call the entry packet or just an, an entry. If needed, the broker also would prepare a shipper export deck or an SED through the automated export system. This system provides a shipment number for the goods to present by the driver at the U.S. Customs before they leave the U.S. Oh, okay. If the goods are traveling in bond through the U.S., the U.S. broker will need to present a processed copy of the pedimento to U.S. Customs at a later date to cancel the in bond. So step six is the presentation of the entry because the last thing you mentioned was the um, payment being made and then the pedimento, like showing a copy of it. Um, but what if the electronic payment hasn't been made and you get to this point? Well, if the payment has not been made, the broker presents the entry packet at a customs approved bank for payment of duties and fees. The bank has to verify the entry against the electronic record of Mexican customs, accepts the payment for the duties and fees, and prints a receipt on the upper right-hand corner of the pedimento. The broker then prepares a manifest and attaches, attaches it to the remaining copies of the entry. This is a packet that the driver and the dispatcher will present a Mexican customs window when they're crossing the border. So you just mentioned on that step seven is the actual border crossing. What happens at this point? Yes, yeah, so once they've made the payment and the pedimento has been stamped by the bank, the broker has to coordinate the border crossing activities with the driver and the dispatcher, which has to happen within 72 hours of the payment of duties. 
Once they arrive at the U.S. Customs Export Lot, the U.S. Customs Inspector in charge may require a proof of the export filing, if there is one. Um, the shipment is also subject to unloading for inspection by the U.S. officials if they deem so. Once they clear U.S. Customs, then the truck proceeds across one of the international bridges to one of the entrance booths of the Mexican Customs import lot. The broker's dispatcher retrieves the driver's entry and manifest and presents it to the Mexican official at the booth. One of the copies of the pedimento includes a barcode that is scanned by the customs inspector into a computer. The computer then prints on the pedimento whether the shipment must be inspected, which they call it a red light, or can proceed to destination, which we call a green light. If the shipment is selected for inspection or is a red light, the truck is sent to the import lots inspection dock. Here, the documentation is checked to make sure it is accurate, correct, and complete. For example, they're not missing any documents or certificates or permits and is verified against the freight. At this point, because it is a red light, physical verification would often require for the goods to be unloaded from the truck or the trailer. Oh, okay. To actually be counted, inspected. Inspected. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then after the shipment is released from inspection stage, Mexican Customs keeps two copies of the entry, returning to the dispatcher one copy for the carrier, one for the broker, one for the importer, and a couple of spares. Okay. And... We also uh, should note that any kind of discrepancies or errors can, you know, with customs result in fines and penalties. So that's something to keep in mind. You're going to want to make sure that everything's accurate. And this is why it's so important for the broker to do the reconciliation between the invoice and what they actually received prior mm -hmm. to shipping the goods to Mexico. Makes sense. So they don't get any penalties. Great. Okay. Thank you. Um, so step eight, bringing us to the end of how this all kind of happens, is the shipment release. So we've got the shipment across and we want to get it released. Once it's released and basically whether we go through green light or red light, um, the truck has to travel to the yard of the Mexican carrier that will provide the inland freight service to the ultimate destination. Because as you remember, Jenny, we talked about drayage and yes. how that just brings the goods across the border. The broker then delivers one copy of the pedimento to the Mexican carrier, and they will give him that copy with the barcode, which serves as a release document and a bill of lading instructing the carrier of the destination and other details of the shipment. Okay, so I have a question for you. When the truck that has, you know, let's say, we'll use Laredo for an example, the truck has come with the trailer offloaded, like the truck and the trailer have been separated. We've added the new truck to go across the border. Can that truck take it to the final destination or does it switch trucks again? No, they switch trucks. Okay, there's they one truck have... that is just for going across the border? Correct. They don't have permission to go inland into Mexico, so okay. they have to stop at a Mexican yard. Just so different than, say, the process between Canada and the United States. That's why it's it's so interesting. And I think the fact that we're talking about this is I think if people haven't, you know, gone into Mexico before, there's going to be a lot of differences that they're not used to. And, and this, this is a big one. Only not only adds time, but it also adds cost because mm -hmm. you have to plan for an additional transport truck. Yep. And the time that it takes to get one 
take the goods across, drop it off, pick it up. Yeah, absolutely. So all of those steps, like everything that was between step five to eight, we'll say, um, kind of collectively talks about, you know, like the entry preparation, the presentation, border crossing and release. Uh, I think that it seems like it's about three working days. Yes, I would agree. Uh, It can be shortened for those repetitive or urgent shipments, meaning if an importer is consistently bringing in the same goods into Mexico, it could go a little bit faster, but we would definitely not recommend anything below three working days. And I say working days because, for example, Sundays, um, Mexican Customs is not working full-time. Saturdays, they have very reduced hours, which is another difference. Yeah. Canada and the U.S. Yeah, because in, between Canada and the U.S., it's... 24-7. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So that's a, a, a difference to keep in mind, too, that would absolutely. be a, a big change between those two. Um, how about some... Do you have any kind of tips or tricks for people who are listening for things that they could do to make this process as seamless as possible? Absolutely. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind to me is you have to be registered with with each port in advance of importing goods into Mexico. Unlike Canada and the US, once you register, you're done. That's for all ports? For all ports of entry. Oh, okay. You have to know that importing into Mexico means you have to register with that specific port. Oh, okay. And your customs broker can help you with that and, and uh, okay. advise you what ports you're registered in. Okay. Another thing that I would suggest is know your numbers. Understand what you're bringing in how much duty and taxes you will be potentially paying so that you're ready ahead of time to mm-hmm. have that conversation with your broker. Yeah, avoid those surprises. Absolutely. And make sure all your documentation demonstrates that the goods are in compliance with Mexican product safety rules and regulations in advance. Do your research. Mm-hmm. Um, another suggestion I, I would say is to review the importation with your broker. So they can advise you of any additional information required prior to the goods shipping. Sometimes certificates or permits need to be obtained prior to the goods leaving the origin. Okay. I mean, the last thing that I can think about is to take advantage of the EMEX program for tax incentives or temporary manufacturing imports. Okay. Can you tell me more about EMEX? What is that? Sure. Um, Overall, it's a program that provides an incentive for in regards to tax for companies manufacturing in Mexico and exporting goods. It is provided by the Mexican government and allows for allows for temporary imports, which saves the value added tax of 16 percent. Oh, wow. So it can result in some significant savings. Yeah, I would say so. But in order to take advantage of Emax, a company needs to register with the Mexican Department of Economy ahead of time and have some controls on how they keep their inventory and their exports. Okay. So if uh, people who are listening have questions about this, I mean, this has been an awesome kind of overview of everything, but if people have additional questions or they're interested in this, what can Buckland do to help? If you have any questions or concerns, please reach out to us at csagroup at buckland.com. Yes. So that's Customer Service Administration Group, so CSA Group at Buckland.com. And we have a team who will be able to help you with any questions that you might have. Um, You can also visit our website where there are contact us forms that you can fill out as well. 
Um, but please don't hesitate to reach out if you do have any questions because we are absolutely here to help. Um, and Karina, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today about importing into Mexico and educating us with this Customs 101 Mexico. Thank you, Jenny. Another thing that I should mention as well is people can look forward to, because this is a Customs 101 Mexico, we are going to be releasing this episode in Spanish as well with Karina and Heidi. So look forward to that as well if you're looking for this information in Spanish. That's the Beyond Borders podcast for today. Thank you so much for listening and thank you to our guest, Karina, for joining us and for sharing your expertise. If you're looking for more resources related to international trade, check out buckland.com and click on the learning section across the top of the website. Here you will find a range of resources, including learning guides, webinars, and podcasts. Our downloadable learning guides include Incoterms charts, common trade terminology, and many, many more. We also host live monthly webinars, and we invite you to sign up online to secure your spot for an informative presentation followed by a live Q&A session. The best way to keep up to date on all of these resources is through our weekly newsletter. We send out a weekly newsletter every single Wednesday containing our latest resources, as well as a roundup of the latest trade news delivered straight to your inbox. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to us through our website's contact us page or through Twitter where our handle is at Buckland Tweets or on our LinkedIn company page. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Borders podcast and be sure to tune in again and subscribe for more great conversations about importing, exporting, and everything else in the world of logistics and international trade.